Blog Talk Radio. Jerry and Margie's here with me. Hi. And uh, we want to introduce our topic tonight, which is Are You Ready? Part 2. Yes, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this day of battling the spiritual forces of darkness that have come against your forces, Lord God. And we know that you prevail, that you are the Lord, that you are God, you are good, and that you prevail against your enemies. And so we thank you, Father, for giving us that courage, that revelation, that truth, that rock to stand on, the promises of your word, that you cannot lie. And so tonight I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to understand, a heart to understand the revelation of your word, because there's much controversy and there's much anxiety and much confusion about where we're at. We all kind of know we're heading on into a new place. A storm is on the horizon, and yet, Lord God, this may be a storm that we've never, ever been through before. So as we're... As we're Looking to you tonight on this eve of the second blood moon in the tetrad of blood moons, we just ask for divine wisdom. I pray, Father, that people would join us and that tonight we'd have discussion. People would call in and give us their views, talk to us. Uh, It's so good to hear from what uh, others have to say, Father. So we ask you now that we would speak as the oracles of God and that we'd rightly divide your holy word. Amen. I'd like to give our number right out from the get-go here All tonight. Right. Good idea. And uh, so you have it handy. If you call in with a question or comment, uh, we welcome your questions and comments, of course. Uh, the number is 347-215-8051. Again, 347-215-8051. Give us a call. And Margie, let's review a little bit from last week. We uh, We... Part one. Yes, part one. We had a wonderful guest on last week from Milk and Honey Farms, Sarah, who has been working on uh, back to the landing, uh, raising sheep and baking bread and doing organic gardens forever and a day. And we learned a lot from her. And I think we wanted to kind of take that just a little bit more, just a little further in the practical. And then we want to turn to the more spiritual ways of being prepared. So we don't want to kind of... um, get you too confused about where we're going tonight but the kind of to review i think everybody jerry kind of senses that there is uh there's a need to become more self-reliant i know there was even a series on uh on the website just this last week on self-reliance and how to you know get off the grid and you know grow your own this and that and everything and i think some people would love to do that some people are trying to do that uh whether it's water or, or uh, heat or keeping warm, keeping water and warmth. I think those are some of the practical things. But, um, you know, as far as can you help us with any of the ways we can get more prepared, practically speaking? Well, one of the things that Sarah talked about as far as, you know, not everybody is able to, you know, has uh, land where you can grow your own vegetables and so forth. But you can do that even on a very limited basis. If you have a patio mm-hmm. in your apartment, a yeah. balcony, box you can, gardens, you can yeah. grow herbs. You can do small box gardens. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the amount of food if you take care of it and do it right. 
It's an amazing amount of food yeah. that you can get from uh, a very uh, small uh, yeah. enterprise. But, but but I think the point that she was bringing out is just start somewhere. somewhere. Start yeah. small. Mm-hmm. One of the things, too, uh, she emphasized very strongly is to have a, uh, a water filtration system. Right, clean water. Uh, she water. mentioned a Berkey system, B-E-R-K-E-Y, which uh, runs without electricity and it really purifies it, your water. Purifies the water, does a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one of those in our home. And, you know, uh, another thing, well. yeah, you know, is not just growing the food in the boxes, but trying to preserve it somehow. And I think dehydration was one of the best ways to do that. And of course, she was offering a high, the um, uh, dehydrators. Uh, those are another good item to have in the home. And these are things that you can do. However, I guess taking it a little bit further. It's like, how can we prepare for something we've never seen? And we have seen uh, things are so racing, so uh, overwhelming, so many things going on at once. that a lot of people just really don't want to know. They want to be, they have the ostrich theory. I just, if I don't know what's happening, I can live my life. It'll be fine. I won't worry. I'm already so stressed anyway, just keeping my little world together and, you know, anxiety and stress is not what the Lord has called us to. He calls us to be diligent, uh, you know, and uh, alert, but also to rest in his provision, his goodness. Exactly, exactly. And I just want to just suggest before we depart too much from there, uh, just take a look at the um, on the archive from mm-hmm. the Last week, part yeah. one. And I would just highly yeah. recommend that to you. Well, but yeah, there, can, can I say, just thinking about this coming storm, like something, like a storm, like if you're in a hurricane or a tornado zone or something, you'll have certain things on hand that you would be ready for if the electricity goes off or if you don't have water for a few days. You'd have a supply of water. You would have a book of matches close by. You'd have some ways to, you know, keep yourself, you know, in light, whether it's candles or kerosene lamps. And just to have those those uh, emergency supplies, even emergency supplies like Band-Aids or uh, medicines or, you know, uh, extra water in some jugs somewhere that you keep on a re- routine basis and, and kind of rotate them out or extra, uh, you know, a store of food. And dried food, I think, is good, like your rice, beans, those kinds of things that, you know, obviously they need cooking, but they store well and um, you can put them in your, you know, big Rubbermaid Boxes and they're actually sometimes the idea of dehydrated food sounds like you're, you know, in a space capsule or something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yuck. You know, but really, it's a great way yeah. of preserving the mm-hmm. the uh, nutritional value. Yeah, you're just and, taking the water and, out. Really. And then just basically, you know, reconstituting, putting it in the water. Yeah. And it's very, very tasty, very, very healthy. Food. Well, I think one of the problems with all of what we're suggesting is people have to might have to learn how to eat a little differently. I know we're kind of spoiled. Our taste buds are kind of used to the rich, uh, you know, exotic kinds of foods. But the thing is, um, soups and breads and vegetables and things like that, um, uh, we can learn to like them because actually we were built by God to really like them and need them. And so I think lifestyle changes, expect lifestyle changes, simplify, that's a good word, um, if possible, um, and if you have children, whatever kind of things you might need for children, um, store up, buy a little mm-hmm. bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always good good wisdom for any, anything. And one of the great revolutionary things, which would be for a lot of people, is, uh, you know, get rid of the microwave. 
Yeah. Uh, she talked about what type of oven was that? A convection? convection a yeah. convection, a small convection oven. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, it does a great job because the microwaves, folks, just really uh, destroy the nutrients mm-hmm. of the food. Yeah. There have been a lot of studies done on that. And I know we're we're into quickness and convenience, but, but yeah. it's it's but, not good for our health. But, but moving on to the we yeah, move on. to the more spiritual parts. You know, tonight is the the eve of the blood moon. Uh, the second one, and of course, there's controversy about everything out there. Everything that can that's out there is is, is discussed and disputed. Everything, including the, uh, the the blood moons, the significance, if there's any significance, if God intended there to be any significance. And check out our archive with uh, Doug Woodward a couple of weeks ago on the blood moons. He's got a fabulous book written on it. Um, it's called Blood Moon: uh, Biblical Signs of the Coming uh, Apocalypse. And the word apocalypse means revelation. So the blood moons are, are kind of foretelling their sign. Uh, the, it says that the God gave the stars, the sun, the moon as signs for signs and seasons. And he said the word signs first. And so it's like it's you know a mark on the calendar. So like you circle a date, and that date is important. Well, God has circled a couple of dates on the calendar. We don't know exactly what's going on in those dates. That's what makes it so important to God. But one is the Passover, and this one now is the Feast of the of Tabernacles. It begins that begins on the ninth. So this is the the eve of that, the eighth tomorrow. If you want to watch the Blood Moon and you're in Minnesota area, you would check it out about four thirty this morning. This coming in the morning here, and see what you can see out your window. Yeah, the the Blood Moon comes from, of course, uh, Joel chapter two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says. Um, Joel the prophet uh, writes in in Joel chapter two verses thirty and thirty one. I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood mm-hmm. before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Well, that's pretty biblical, if you ask me. Um, before the, the, you know, there have been other blood moons, Jerry. There have been others, but you know, it's interesting. These are on Jewish feast days, right? But there's been others that have been on Jewish feast days. But the thing is, these have been in such close proximation to each other. Um, you know, we've had the 4950 uh, blood moon, then we had the 6768, and now we're having the 2014-2015, and all of them, I mean, they're all within my lifetime. It's so just close, kind of, yeah. yeah. But, but there have been hundreds of, of years, these centuries, now when it had close showed together, up. like only, what, two years apart. Yeah, well, they're always like that when they're coming in tetras. It's mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. two years that go together. But um, so uh, before the the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And I think, you know, for those who really want to get real uh, and look at what's really going on, uh, all of the world, all of the globe has wandered far away from God. Some of them don't know God. Maybe some of them are closer to God. America surely has uh, developed many, many heathen, pagan gods, any uh, idolatrous workings and, and ways, um, money, greed, uh, you know, idolatry of every kind. And then uh, we, we get angry and upset uh, if anybody wants to correct us on anything. And so it becomes like a, like a you know, we don't want to hear what God has to say. And um, so the great and dreadful, dreadful day of the Lord is a day of judgment, which we uh, kind of connect with um, the tribulation and then the great tribulation. So the tribulation period is like seven years. It's the last seven years. It's the 70th year of Daniel's week uh, of years, weeks of years or whatever. So it's the, it's the last week, and each 
day represents a year. So it's the seven-year tribulation. Mm -hmm. And then they say that's a seven-year tribulation, but then they say the great tribulation happens in the middle of that and in the middle of, let's see, where is it, where he says... um, After the three and a half years. Yeah, when you see the abomination of desolation. So the whole seven-year period is referred to as... The tribulation. Tribulation, yeah. And uh, then the second three and a half years are, are referred to as the great, great tribulation, tribulation. Mm-hmm. where the one who, the Antichrist, who mm-hmm. claims to be the Messiah, right. who makes a covenant with the nation of Israel, turns on Israel halfway mm-hmm. through that seven-year period. And then they realize that this guy is not the Messiah. Well, there's a couple of signs that, that ha- head off this, and and people, again, are, you know, blind to them or deny them or don't want to deal with them or maybe are, you know, some of the, us maybe aren't looking at them correctly. It's hard to, and I think there's so much information, it's hard for anybody to just put it together in a nice, succinct, chronological this and then this and then this. But uh, it says the day, it, it, God does not want us to be shaken by this. God wants us to be made aware by this, he says. Um, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled. There, uh, let me. Second Thessalonians chapter uh, two, verse two, two verses four. two through four. Okay. Yeah, Read he those. says um, that you that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us, as that as that the day of the Lord is at hand. Let no one deceive you for by any means. Or that day will not come except, and now here's some of the things we need to look for, there comes the falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Um, so in other words, there's a falling away. That That's the apostasy. I see. I, I really believe we're there. Um, it's, you know, the church is emergent, the church is scattered, the church is preaching a false gospel, the church doesn't have any power. Uh, she's basically totally, most of the churches don't even talk about end days anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. And, and, and so much of the church is, it's a humanistic self-help approach, five steps to this, uh, to be happy mm-hmm. uh, with your wife, uh, five steps to be happy with your job, mm-hmm. five steps to be happy with your church, uh, that sort of thing. But and this, really, uh, yeah, there's no, no way of warning people if people don't have the warning so, signs. And basically what, the, what this, this sort of teaching is doing is, is putting people to sleep. Yeah. It's putting people to sleep. Well, there's it's, nothing it's, wrong yeah. with learning how to you know, lead a better life, and the, the Word of God is very practical And not to be afraid, way. but at the same time, we're not afraid, We're not unafraid because we're ignorant. We have to look at the bigger picture. Right. This and, is a, Yeah. Uh, we're uh, in the days, people. I don't think anybody of us uh, can comprehend what kind of days we're in, but we're in the days of wrath, the judgment, the restoration of justice, the returning of Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people are really, really busy trying to save the planet, save the whales, uh, you know, save the rocks, whatever they're trying to do. And that's all okay, I guess. But my kind of it's it, it's not fatalistic, but it's a fact. How about save the humans? Yeah, save the save souls. Save the baby humans. Save, save the souls. Save yeah. The soul of the humans. Anyway, so he goes on to say that the day of the Lord cannot happen until there is first a falling away, an apostasy or departure. Um, let's see, apostasy. Uh, so that there's there's got to be that. Then Daniel, from Daniel and from Revelations, we see that this critical event that occurs. Um, halfway through this final seven-year tribulation period, three and a half years into it, basically, he says, Daniel says in 927, that 
he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, uh, that he would be the Antichrist. And in the midst of the week, which would be three and a half years in, he shall cause the sacrifice cause the sacrifice and ob- the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, unt- even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured, uh, poured upon the desolate. In other words, it's kind of a old language that would say that he's going to... Um, take away the sacrifices that are being offered in the temple or violate them. Um, and he, at that point, then declares himself to be God. So, uh, really, uh, the nation... He the declares himself to be have. the only God worthy of worship. Right, right. And uh, the everything is in place, we understand, in, in Israel, to reinstitute the Old Testament sacrifices mm-hmm. Just they want to uh, rebuild a, a temple at some point, which of mm-hmm. course will be opposed by most of the world at mm-hmm. the point. But uh, they're prepared to that, and apparently, what's happening, what's going to happen, is that there will be a permission or an encouragement from this um, son of perdition you know, to go ahead and do that. But then, or maybe they'll have started it without his permission, but then he comes in there and takes he's over. Gonna, he's going to put a stop to it but, and said, hey, I am, I am God. So we, we'd love to have you guys call in if you have a question or a comment on this. But moving on into the what's going to happen to us kind of thing. Are we ready? Are we ready for, are we going to have to be here? Are we going to get raptured out? What's rapture? Um, there's been a huge controversy, and I think it all got ignited again this week for, for a ferocious level. Um, because of the movie that's out, if you haven't seen Left Behind, it's, of course, the story remake of the, the, the books by, um, uh, what's his name? Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that have talked about this quick snatching away of the believers that is going to leave the world in total chaos and um, pandemonium and, you know, vulnerable even to more devastation because the Christians were... Uh, the ones who were basically yeah. holding it together, kind of. Right, and, and the actual the actual movie we saw the movie, the acting is superb, mm-hmm. and for someone that who who takes a position of a pre tribulation that is before mm-hmm. at the beginning or just before that seven year period of tribulation, it's it's really it's it's remarkable as far as for someone that would hold that position. Mm-hmm. It's very well presented. Like I said, the acting is great, but we don't know for sure if that is the mm-hmm. is actually the case well, of how we, it's going to be. We see in Second Thessalonians. I just got to say this. Um, I'm going to read this because this is part of um, my own. I've seen this before. God showed it to me, and it seems curious. In the New King James, it says, um, "We're talking about the Antichrist. Let no one deceive you." By any means, for that day will not come unless there's a falling away. We've already read that part. Comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So there's something out there that's restraining, holding back, this progression of difficult and uh, end times events in a way um, that he may be revealed, the the, uh, Antichrist may be revealed in his own time. 
for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and we've seen that since the garden, of course. Um, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's a capital he. So that's that's referring to the Holy Spirit, uh, the third member of the Godhead, the, the Trinity, taken out of the way. So And when, and then, I'm sorry, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And then, so that then comes after the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. Yeah, the Holy Spirit somehow, I don't know, you know, God is everywhere present by right. definition. Right. But somehow, you know, the Spirit was, the Holy Spirit was sent to indwell the believer. You know, uh, we, we see this in, in the mm-hmm. book of Acts and the day of Pentecost and Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. He will come. He shall be with you. He shall be in you. Uh, he shall lead you into all truth. He shall glorify me. So that there's really in the new covenant. The revelation of Jesus Christ there, there, remains the new, to the, the Holy new, Spirit. Right. The new covenant, uh, in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit has a special place of, of strength and influence and ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that is for every believer that was maybe only sort of a privileged yeah. portion for certain prophets and kings in, in the, under the old, old covenant. covenant. Yeah. So so somehow there, uh, the, the restraining force, uh, or somehow the activity of the Holy Spirit is he's going to be holding back. withdrawn. Well, and, and at this point, he's holding back the revelation of the Antichrist or whatever. But the interesting part of that is, and then... So the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So at that point, when the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, uh, taken taken out of the world, uh, it makes sense that we would be taken out as well because he dwells in us and Jesus promised he would never leave us or forsake us or abandon us. Now, there's there's so many discussions about what this uh, post, uh, pre, pre-millennial, uh, let's see, how do they say it, the pre-tribbers, yeah the post tribbers and the pre-wrath folks. And let's right. kind of define those for a minute. Yeah, let me, let me just comment on this, and then you can just kind of fill in there. That's all right. Mm-hmm. The pre, you know, these are kind of standard positions that many in the church have taken uh, for quite a while now. Uh, and, and that is the pre-tribulation rapture, which which, which is basically based on this, First Thessalonians four sixteen through eighteen, for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now, there, it, it, it caught up, snatched away. That's the word rapture is not used in the scripture, in the no, text. It's rapture is a descriptive word to describe this Snatching. catching up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, Can I say something right there? That's referring to what Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 31, and he says, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, same thing, trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, the placement of the timing is interesting. Whether this is before the actual outbreak of the tribulation, the day of wrath, or if this is at the very end, we don't know, but we do know that the Lord himself talked about this 
this coming, gathering together of his elect, the sound of the trumpet, the angels going with him. So there is, there is an event where there will be a gathering, a snatching. Yes. We don't know at this point. I mean, some people are just adamant they know that they know that they know what it is. Um, I'm not so sure what it is, but I, I think the bottom line is to be ready. Yeah, that's right. To live like you're ready to live, to die, to be with the Lord, There's to the go pre, forward. The pre-trip position on on what's called the rapture, the yeah. coming of the Lord. Uh, the mid-trip or the post-trip at the end of the seven years, and then There's the, some people that just kind of dismiss it all and just say, well, I'm pan-trip. In other words, it's going to all pan out mm-hmm. in the end, so I'm not going to yeah. worry about it. Well, the pre-wrath people, the mid-tribulation or the pre-wrath people, are those who say somewhere in the middle, right about the, that's That kind of would go along with Thessalonians. When the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, when the, the son of perdition gets revealed, then um, the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, then we're gone. And those are the ones who would say that was would be when the, the, uh, the rapture of the church occurs. My concern, you know, is much more uh, serious than... The rapture. I know that God has got that thing all under control. It will happen exactly when and how He wants it to happen. God is good. My concern is the uh, the accumulating judgments and wrath and and wickedness and the the blasphemy, uh, the refusing to repent, the the fighting, the bitterness over even the Word of God, the the huge bones of contention when we have not done that which is right in God's sight. And so the, the heaping of judgments upon us that now we're, we're going back and attributing to God or blaming someone else. I mean, uh, you know, just in our own country, for example, you know, the, the southern borders are open. We have Ebola in the world. We have um, ISIS, you know, destroying. We have uh, gangsters running our economy. I don't know if I said that right. But anyway, whatever, you well, know. Well, it's the truth. Um, well, and I'm not naming anybody because I'm not even to that place where I would know who they are. It just seems like the the wealthy get wealthier and the poor get poorer, and um, it's just like there's no justice. I guess the pot, bottom line is just a, a craving for justice. That, but the reason for all this judgment is, you know, because we have rejected the truth, the counsels of God, and so say, so people say, well, then God is judging us. Well. I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset that we have brought it on ourselves, and because we've agreed with with the gods of this world, we have allowed Satan to present his case against us before God and say, God, they're mine. I have a right to do what I want because with them because they are not listening to you. And God says, yeah, you're right. Um, and I think the uh, so the judgments we're seeing, and even... I heard I heard so many bad news, so much bad news today. It's like the day of bad news. <laughs> I don't know that you know they say the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, is going to be dead in five years, and the radiation is everywhere, and blah blah blah. And uh, but but listen to Zephaniah here. He says in chapter one, little little book of Zephaniah. That's right, you know, right at the end, right behind um, Habakkuk. And I know that that this is a prophet that was writing to the people of the day. We're not going to take all those prophecies to be our our own. But at the same time, they were doing the very exact same things that we're doing today. So in that way, you can apply what God was saying back there to the the children of Israel, um, Judah and Israel, to us. And he says in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, um, I will utterly consume all things from the face of the land, says the Lord. I will consume man and beast. That's kind of what he did in the plagues, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
I will consume the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea. Yep, I think that's happening. And the, the stumbling blocks along with the wicked. I will cut up, off men from the face of the land, says the Lord. Um, then he goes on to say uh, in verse 4, the last part, I will cut off every trace of Baal from this place. Baal is the, the demon gods. It's the Eastern mysticism. It's the... Uh, the substitute is idolatry. It's substituting any other thing, ideation, ideology, idol, a stick, stone, pursuit in place of God. He says, um, the names of the idolatrous priests with the pagan priests. In other words, there's a mixture of his holy priests with the pagans. They're mixing them. Those who worship the hosts of heaven on the housetops. You know, they're stargazers. They're you know, seeking the constellation, seeking the second heaven for their uh, their eternal immortality, whatever they're doing. Um, those who worship and swear oaths by the Lord, but who also swear by Milcom or by uh, the false gods. You know, in other words, you can't swear allegiance to the Lord God and the grace of God and the one true God and Jesus Christ, His Son, and then behind His behind your back, you're playing with all of these. Uh, the, the spirits of witchcraft and greed and Jezebel and uh, religion and and um, bitterness. You cannot do that. And I think if there's anything we can do, there's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things we can't know. But there's some things we can know. And we can know that God is going to have to judge this. And I think the way he judges it is by letting the devil judge it. And the devil is has no mercy. Um those who have turned back from following from back from following the Lord and have not sought the Lord nor inquired of him, these are the ones um that are going to be, you know, being addressed in this matter. Be silent in the at the in the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand, for the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has invited his guests. And how many of us, on the contrary to that, have been invited to the table, the banquet, the wedding feast of the of the son? Uh, the, and we have been too busy. We have made excuses. Our life is more important. Our job is more important. Our promotions, our children's uh, events are more important. Everything is more important than the one true God and, and the relationship he, he wants to have with us. It says here, um, um, verse 14, uh, chapter 1 of Zephaniah, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly the noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities, against the high towers. Now, this is scary. This is places we have not been. And yet we seem to not take any um, serious warning, humble ourselves, um, he says in chapter 2, verse 3, Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. I think this is our this is our refuge. This is our place of hope, is to be hidden in God in the day of his wrath, because he knows how to mark his own to protect us. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean that certain people who die were not protected by God and they had sin in their life or something. It doesn't mean that those survive are good people. The don't do the job thing. Just realize that 
God is committed to keep you as long as he wants you here if you're willing to be kept if we humble ourselves and seek him in righteousness. So well one of the things that we have to observe is that you know our time here on earth is limited. Uh, very very limited. We we don't know what the day is going to bring forth. Uh we have only so much time here on earth. Um I I really believe that there are some people that that do die prematurely because of the sin in their life and the consequences of that sin. But as believers in Christ, uh, we've got to make every day count. But you know, at the same time, honey, that some people may die prematurely because of sin in their life. I I, I believe that some of the wicked live extra long because of the oh, sin in their life because so, God so is a merciful God, is merciful. God yeah, and exactly. the devil is not. And so if, yeah, if, if a people, believer has sin in their life, that will give the devil an opportunity and he will try it and he will take it if he can to take you out. Mm-hmm. Whereas those who are serving the devil, he will, you know, he won't take them out. He won't bring them to judgment immediately. But God, in his long suffering, also permits them to be uh, live wow. long. I, I think I've seen a lot of very, very wicked people, people who yeah, are leaders in leadership and in, in oh, evil, yeah, live to, in their 80s because of the mercy of God. Well, it's the mercy of God and their their, their lives are being But I think that goes on to another subject yeah. we can yeah, cover right. again at a different but time. But the thing is, God is merciful, long-suffering, doesn't want anybody to perish. At the same time, you have to say that there are some people that do end their lives uh, prematurely as a result of their own sin. Believing, believing lies. Lies, believing yeah. lies of the enemy and their own well, and, and they there make are choices. consequences with that. The we, choice is made we, on being we, tricked by the devil. Yeah, it's yeah. like lots of times, you know, what we we don't we want to sin with impunity. We don't want to uh, ha- have the consequences. We but don't we want. don't understand. I I really believe, Jerry, that people do not understand. Really, this is the big problem. We have tried to preach the gospel without including spiritual warfare or demons of oh, yeah. the devil. Uh, I was talking with. Uh, uh, a, a, a new friend here today, um, and he was talking to his uh, pastor. Uh, I, I, I think a new pastor, a younger pastor, just came out of the, the cemetery. I mean, seminary. Um, yeah, and uh, he said, "Well, what?" He asked him. He said, well, "What do they teach you in seminary about spiritual warfare?" And he said, "Nothing." Mm-hmm. And and that's that's been true for years and years in, in seminaries, Bible schools, mm-hmm. uh, missionaries on the mission field are getting beaten up and eaten up part mm-hmm. of the time, part of the ways because mm-hmm. they, they don't they know how realize to do that, well, I get, there is devil, but they don't realize the nature of what they're dealing with. And they don't attribute their problems to something he could possibly be doing or an assignment yeah. against their yeah. lives by yeah. him. But, you know, and that goes back to, again, I'll say it one more time, you know, a lot of people are being, you probably yourself out there are being afflicted. Uh, There's consequences, there's judgments, there's bad things happening to you. And a lot of those bad things are happening to you because you are agreeing with an agreement that I am guilty, I am bad, and I deserve to be punished because I sinned. Why did you sin? Because you woke up this morning and said, oh, I want to sin today. I want to see how bad I can be. I want to make the most stupid choices today I can possibly make. Did you wake up like that? Or did you just wake up naive and think that you were able to make all your decisions and no one was ever going to try to trick you and to scam you into doing anything wrong? Now, with Eve in the garden, she got tricked. She sinned. The consequences were severe. But God 
brought the redemption plan as a result to redeem her, to bring us all back out of that messy place because God loves us. He wasn't there to see her be punished, uh, us to be destroyed because of this. However, Satan will bring the consequences on you. He said, you know, God had said in a warning, the soul that sins shall die. Satan took that warning and turned it into a fact and said, yep, here it is, because God knew that Satan was going to do that. And so the soul that sins shall die. So now everybody that sins, say you're feeling bad, guilty, stupid. I should have. I didn't. It's my fault. I'm guilty. I don't deserve good things. I deserve bad things. And there you go. You've agreed with all this stuff. When God says when we sin, what does he say to do in First John? He says, confess yes. your sin. Change your mind. Repent. Say this. God, I cancel out my agreement with the lie that I believe that caused me to do this. I sinned. I fell for a lie. I ask you to forgive me, and I ask that you you would restore unto me the, the, the joy of my salvation because Jesus Christ became a curse for us. That's right. Absolutely. So, again, one more time, I say this again, people, because it's so easy to believe the lie that that I I sinned, it's my fault, I made a bad choice, I'm bad, therefore I deserve bad things. You don't have the luxury right now to act like that. You need to get over it. You need to stop thinking about your life. It's all about you and your sin and getting rid of it. It's not about you. It's not about your sin. It's about the Son and what you do with Him. And if you do that which is right in the sight of God with the Son of God, you will not sin. Or if you sin, because the Bible says in First John again, when you sin, confess your sins. Don't say you're not going to sin. You're going to sin even after you're saved. Then do what I said. Confess it. Don't make a big deal. God doesn't make us do 40 days of penance and and, and, you know, do community service He and, and say, wait 24 hours and I'll get back to you on this. God forgives us. Jesus became the curse for you. Get rid of that mentality because that mentality is a trick from the enemy to keep you from being effective in really doing what God told you to do, and that is to go preach the gospel. It's time. It's, it's late. The harvest is being destroyed. And because you are so busy trying to feel good enough to go out there to like yourself enough to go out there, get over yourself, and go out there. Tell somebody about the good news of Jesus Christ. He said, well, I don't know what it is. Well, read your Bible. All right. Now, we should have somebody call in on that one. Yeah, give us a call. Uh, 347-215-8051. Again, 347-215-8051. If we really want to do some repenting, let's... Let's begin to confess the sins of the nation. Of the nation, let's begin to confess and pray and and repent for ourselves, for others, for the nation, for for those in our country who practice witchcraft, idolatry, abortions, believe lies. Uh, what about the sins of the church? Well, you can do that too. Yeah, you can spend all day long confessing the sins and asking God yeah. to forgive. But that's not a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would. Be quicker to turn the hand of God. Well, judgment than else. judgment begins at the household of God. Mm-hmm. It begins with us. And one of well, the things that's, yeah. that's going on now is is um, judgment. Well, yeah, with this, uh, you know, one of the signs uh, of uh, the Lord's um, return of the last days, Jesus said, was there would be false. Take heed that mm-hmm. no one deceive you. Mm-hmm. False prophets, false Christs, mm-hmm. that's going to be characteristic. Right. Now, just because someone stands behind a pulpit and pastors a big church doesn't mean he is a, a man of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Can I just say this on the false prophet thing? 
a lot of these men, it's just a tweak, a tiny tweak of the truth. It's just a little tiny change or a little change in emphasis. You know how subtle language is. You even put the emphasis on a different word. The whole meaning of the sentence changes. Um, like uh, I think Doug Woodward was saying a couple weeks ago uh, with uh, Rick Warren, you know, that Jesus wasn't that interested in prophecy. Uh, Jesus himself wasn't that interested in prophecy because he said a couple of things. Like, well, what's that to you? Just, you know, uh, if I Follow care. Me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, of course, Jesus was interested in that moment in telling them about going, making disciples. But at the same time, um, uh, Jesus Christ, it's all about prophecy. Well, you it's talk, about you talk about uh, Matthew chapter 24. Mm-hmm. Just most Jesus talking, it's all about prophecy. Revelation Jesus, yeah. is about prophecy. You know, it's Jesus, a revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. So we have to take heed to that. But what's where we are now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy four two. He said, um, well, let's start with verse 1. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, or that is, the living and the dead, at his appearing and in his kingdom. Now, Second Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine. Isn't that they the won't, time? They won't put up with mm-hmm. the truth. And that's where we are now. We're in that time. But after their own lusts, their own desires, mm-hmm. they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Just tickle us. Give us what, what we want to hear, not what we need to hear. Mm-hmm. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and, and turn be turned onto fables. fables. Wow. Oh, boy. We've got so many fables going on. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, too, is, um, yeah. Oh, we have we a have caller. A caller. Uh, we'll Go make ahead. way for the caller. Hey, welcome. Yeah, hi, Marjorie. This is Bob from Brainerd. Hi. Okay. Yeah, hi, Bob. And, uh, yeah, huh? Great. Good to have you on today, yeah. Bob. What, 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 do you, what would you like to say? Well, I'm listening to this, uh, the end times thing, the hour of tribulation and stuff like that, and will we be kept from it and, and all that. And, mm-hmm. and I believe in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 8 through 10, with emphasis mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. verse 10, because you have kept my command to preserve, persevere rather, yeah. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on earth. Now, Jesus is talking to the churches, so he's talking to the Christians. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he's saying there, if you persevere... And yeah. uh, a lot of the things he says in uh, these quotes to the churches here, you know, he who overcomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do we what do we got to overcome? We got. I feel like we got to overcome the flesh. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to overcome. Well, and the, and the flesh. To, yeah. yeah. Well, what we I, gotta overcome I the flesh. The overcoming of the flesh is really done through walking in the spirit, and you know, exactly. walking in the spirit exactly. means. Yes. Heeding the counsel of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, it says, um, "Walk yes. in the Spirit, and you're not fulfill the lust of the flesh." The lust, the flesh, is still that old—I call it the old soul software—that many people continue mm-hmm. to use even after they're Christians. They go back and forth, back and forth between um, their thinking, their feeling, and knowing. 
and you're you're absolutely right here in persevering and um that you know there's other verses too where God says come into the chambers and I, and I'll cover you for a little while while till this this wrath be passed by um you know and so there but but right now what do you think is the church really persevering and overcoming or are we are we talking individuals being taken out um how do you see it I don't think the church is overcoming right now I think we're overcoming through the world's temptations and lust yeah Mm-hmm. Read as you said earlier, and all these things. I, I think we've got a long ways to go as a body. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of some people are there, some people aren't. And I think I know that I need to get my house in order, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. And yeah. so, this hour has come upon us, and like you were saying earlier, it's coming fast. It is. It um, really it, is. It's, it's like so you put, scary. It's mm-hmm. like water in a sink. When you pull the plug <laughs> out, the water starts to go down slow, but when it gets to the bottom, she just. Right down, yeah. you know, yeah. and I see that as the world right now where we're at. No, mm-hmm. I don't think Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I don't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean by that? Yeah. Within a year or two, I, I don't. But I do see He's getting the yeah, and He's called. He's bringing down judgments on this nation because of what the administration. And I'm going to say it that way because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. What these mm-hmm. people in office are doing and these laws are they're they're allowing to come into come to pass. That God says this stuff's an abomination to me. I'm not going to take it. Mm-hmm. And when we do those things, then judgments come down on us. Mm-hmm. And we have to look absolutely. at the Old Testament and see what, what happened to Israel. That's right. You know, those things happened to Israel because they weren't obeying God. And Sodom and Gomorrah well, and Noah and, uh, yeah, it's been all yeah, the way through. I mean, so come on. I, what I got to say to the church is wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That includes myself. I'm not pointing fingers. The four are coming back at me. Yeah, well, I, I get I'm you. speaking for myself, too, and my family and all of us. We all need to wake up. The time is upon us for America to wake up. And I have a prophecy from God about that, but I'm not going to read mm-hmm. it right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, well, yeah. Also, yeah. also yeah. I'd like to mention about the early death thing. In Psalms chapter 55, verse 23, um, it talks about that. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half of their days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as for me, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and in Psalm 90, it so, says that the, uh, the the years are three uh, three score and ten, and if by reason of strength, four score. So 70 or 80 years is the allotted time for a man. But at the same time, um, again, all of these, you know, God brings down, God exalts, God puts down, God does a lot of things. Uh, but I think for the most part, a lot of people could live a lot longer and a lot more productive and fruitful lives if, of course, like you're talking about, they will walk in the spirit and believe the truth and recognize the evil one. I mean, if you don't put the devil in the equation, uh, there's no hope. There's nothing makes any sense. You know, but, but I agree if you read, 100% with you on this. If you look in the New Testament, every gospel, every book of the New Testament, except maybe... Philemon, everyone talks about the spiritual warfare, the demons, the God of this world, yeah. uh, Satan is a roaring lion, Jesus casting out demons, giving us power to do that. Um, there, that is an absolute, that is as much a part of the gospel, if not more so, than the, the idea of the rapture, the snatching away. And again, this rapture thing, like going back to, what, did you get to see the movie Left Behind or do you have a comment on that? I, I did not see that. Okay. Well, 
you know, one of the lines in the movie that really struck me, um, and, and again, I, I'm not advocating one position or the other. I don't feel qualified at this point myself. I have been seeking the Holy Spirit on what it is, what I'm to understand about it. But one of the lines that the, the daughter said after her mother was raptured, she said, as she was seeing all the chaos and all the people freaking out and people getting killed and the looting and the violence because of this sudden rapture, um, she said, my mother's God would not do something like this. Now, I don't say that's a right or wrong. I just think that that was throwing there to, to kind of stir up a lot of thought. Well, what would God do and who is doing this? Um, God told us these things are going to happen. So who is in ultimate control of everything? It's God. And how can God be in control unless he's in control of what the devil's doing too? So he's, he's put, you know, when, when he wanted to tempt Job, well, test Job and Satan, God says up to this point and no further. So God ultimately is shortening the time. And go ahead. Yeah, in, in the book of Isaiah, I believe it is, it says God, God says, I have, de- I have created the destroyer to destroy. Mm-hmm. And who's and the destroyer? True. We know that that's the enemy, Satan. The, the enemy, Satan. And mm-hmm. the, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Who? And he always, yeah, Christian. Absolutely. You know, he's already got well, the unsaved. Well, he's to test us. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. He does. Yeah, the well, sleeping he, dogs, he lets sleep. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to try to aggravate them. Yeah. And when we sin, that opens the door more so to Satan. I know mm-hmm. from my past sins. I know. I know how it works. Yeah. yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So you, and, and, I, and again. I'm putting my head in the sand. Good, good. I'm glad because, you know, and, and how do we, then the next question becomes, how do we present the goodness of God, the long-suffering of God, the salvation of God to a people who are getting more and more angry with God, more and more upset with projecting all of this stuff back onto him that, that maybe the destroyer is doing, and this destroyer has permission to do it because we've given him permission through our agreements and through our sin. Um, so mm-hmm. how do we present the loving salvation, the goodness of Jesus Christ to people who are already maybe uh, tainted or bitter against him? Maybe they've lost a loved one or maybe they've not seen God answer a prayer that they've prayed and they don't understand it and they can't get a good answer. Then what? Um, how do you present that to them? Any ideas? Well, we, we've gotten so far from you mentioned this tonight, too. I'm listening close to you guys. You mentioned this, too, that we've gotten away from the truth. We've gotten away from what well, you mentioned, going to seminary, not teaching spiritual warfare. Hello, mm-hmm. church. We mm-hmm. need to know that. We need to know how to come against the devil. Well, we come against it with God's truth, his word. Yes. But, yes. you know, um, yeah. and this what happens. We've gotten so far away from that. Now the question is just what you asked. How do we teach these people mm-hmm. the right and wrong here and the love of God and they're blaming stuff on God when it's all yeah. sin in the world is causing it. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, it's projected against God, but, right? But here's what God showed me: if you really want to cleanse your church, you you speak God's truth. The truth will cleanse the church. When you speak God's truth and you 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 talk about hell, you talk about you know I'm not going to mention on on air right now, but some other issues that are going on yeah. in this nation yeah. right now. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I and know what you're talking when about. When you start speaking God's truth about that in love, not mm-hmm. condemning people, but saying, this is what God says. 
This is mm-hmm. the what we have to do. We have to abide by his word because that's truth. The yeah. truth will set us free. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do well, that, it's, the tares in the church, we have wheat and tares. The tares will leave. They will not, they will, can't, they can't take it. They won't listen to that. They'll say, mm-hmm. Pastor, we're going. You're talking about this. I'm leaving. You know what you do? You open the door for them say goodbye. Now mm-hmm. what you got is you got a holy church. Yeah. Because holy. all this there is the people who want to hear the truth. And repentance yeah, is the first and, and part of And a lot of, that. of pastors won't, won't do that, Bob, because. I know, and it's, they, hey, they, it, I can see it. Right, because they, they've it's got It's hard. A, They've got to keep the givers in to uh, pay off pay off the building. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, the goal yeah. is to keep try to keep people happy, content, and not control because you know, in, in the pastor wants to be uh, well liked. He wants to be supported. He wants to keep his job. And a lot of pastors, if they if, if they if they do speak the truth, they're out mm-hmm. of a job. They're out of a job. Well. They work for God, so they're not out of a job. But this is the the yeah. thing with most of these pastors, and, and, and including myself, we're all guilty of this. It's called the fear of man. Fear of man. Yeah. That's exactly. one of the biggest hindrances to Nailed the it. body of Christ, to the pastors. It's the fear of man. You just mentioned it. What will they think? What will they say? Will they leave? Will I lose my job? Fear of man rather mm-hmm. than the fear of the reverence fear of, of God. God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and again, this goes to not just in the church, but in society as well. I mean, going back yes, to what you said a yes. minute ago about yes. you know addressing issues, I, I yes. there's, there's the sin, and then there's the, there's the behavior, which is the sin, and then there's the person, and separating the person from the sin. And the only way you can do that is to realize that behind their behavior is them coming into an agreement with that lie that the demon told them, and that they need to repent. They need to stop listening to the lie. Otherwise, if they think, I am a homosexual or I am this, and, and they've already connected their identity with either a position or a behavior, then you're asking them mm-hmm. to deny who they are. And so you have to say, no, 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 that's a behavior. You are a person yes. created by God, yes. and this is what you believed, and this is causing you to do this behavior. You don't have to keep up that behavior. It's just like a person who believes I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an F student because they've seen themselves just do bad work on their tests and get Fs, and they're, they're believing. Now, are they really an F student? No, they're probably a genius, actually. They probably are in a wrong class, and they're probably you know, too smart for the class, but they believe a lie. So you have to say, no, 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 you're not an F student. You're getting Fs because you believe a lie. You believe that you're this, I am. Okay, but instead yeah. you need to say, you know what? I believe in you, and I believe God created you with a strong, a sound mind, and you are able to concentrate, focus, and get an A or a B on this if you want it. You don't have to be what you see yourself doing. And so many people believe nowadays with all the brainwashing in the schools, for example, people are this, this whole agenda, this whole action oh, of being, you know, transvestite or gay or whatever 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 i mean it's it's presented mm-hmm. as normal as normal is yeah. normal yeah it's normal it's and not normal and i asked yeah. the lord about that one time about homosexual and stuff and he said you know and i i i, I thought about that i thought you know here this this man or this woman says well this is the way i am i was born this way are they right absolutely they are right they were born with that curse over their life that's right that's a what generational it is. curse it's yep. a lie that was presented to them or through the generational sins cat yep Absolutely. You know, it came Absolutely. upon them. 
and when they're when they're going through life, they feel that. I, I, we can't well, deny that those people don't feel that. I'm not yeah. anymore when God showed me this. But we but, need to set them free from that curse over their life so that they can exactly, live a normal life. Exactly right. That's and then we're we do back our... to spiritual warfare. Yeah, we're back no. to the church. Yeah. Well, let me just talk about. For, exa- for example, a lot of people in that generational curse thing, they come from a generation of, of sexual perversion and incest. Yes. And of course, those are the ones that are going to be victimized by those particular familiar spirits that come down the bloodline. You notice that doesn't happen to everybody, but it for sure happens to those who already have it in their bloodline because those demons have been already permitted in the with the agreements of the generations past to do it. And so they bring mm-hmm. it back right down into this child's life. So the minute that child gets abused sexually, then that begins to stir up the questions about their identity, their worth, their sexuality, uh, their their innocence is lost, supposedly, they think. And so it sends them on a tailspin, and, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and they believe the lie because they were born into that particular pit. You know, other people right. are born into different pits. Uh, some right. people are born into wealthy pits, and they think they're entitled for everything they don't have to work it's they they have it coming they're better than other people that's a pit as well you know it's just a mm-hmm. it's a more luxurious pit if you will but yeah it's like and and so we don't want to judge people but we do want right. to help them see that in the demons yeah. that they, I mean a lot of these pastors for example going back there they are afraid they're very insecure and that's what the bible says in um is it second Corinthians, I think it says, when these people are are full of shame and insecure, they will preach a gospel. Hold on, I can find it. I know I can. Mm-hmm. Um, when when they're ashamed, when they're insecure, they will preach a gospel that is compromised. Let me see. I think it's mm-hmm. here. Yeah, let me read it to you. Second um, Corinthians chapter four. It says, um, uh, he started with verse one. Therefore, since we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. All right, so what he's saying is this, the things of shame, we've hit the hidden things of shame, insecurity, I am bad. We don't cover those up by preaching, uh, deceitfully handling the word of God to make ourselves look better holier than thou, more knowledgeable, more intelligent, because we're just covering up our own insecurities and shame. He says, I'm not doing that. We didn't handle the word of God and use the word of God as a personal shield to cover shame and insecurity. What we do is we humble ourselves and God will exalt us. Um, Then he says, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, uh, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe what's the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. So we're servants, and really that's the only position, servants, sons, and daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. This is this is where we are. So, uh, you know, I know uh, the, the thing is, is to, oh, for for years and years, uh, uh, I have been involved with uh, people that have been involved with intercessory prayer uh, in regions, in metropolitan areas, in communities. Um, you know, many repentance meetings, many intercessory prayer meetings, and uh, there are. I'm sure there's you know there's a lot of good things that have happened through that, 
but we have not seen a lot of fruit from those things. We have seen, in fact, things decline more so uh, as far as the you know emergent uh, church. church philosophy. Yeah. And if, if if anyone listening is not aware of that emergent e m e r g e n t, you can you can look that up online. You can Google it. Uh, there's a, a one of the guys that does a, a, a good job with exposing this is Roger Oakland, mm-hmm. O A K I think it's L A N D, and on the Emergent Church, check that out. And basically, it's it's getting back to like we do mm-hmm. what's right in our own eyes. We turn our ears from the truth. Right. We're turning to fables, just like it's we just read a while back. Um, well, I think what, that's what's going on in, in in the. Uh, evangel- not in the what we think of as the loosey goosey liberal anything goes kind of thing. This is mm-hmm. this is this is be- this has come now into the uh, mainstream evangelicals, yeah. yeah, which are not. I mean, they're not evangelical in the biblical sense anymore. The yeah. evangelicals have gone non-biblical for the most part. Well, I think that the revival. The restoration of righteousness begins, and it can only I, I only have uh, the jurisdiction or control over who I am and what right. I, you know, so I, the revival has to begin in me. I have to carry the spirit of yeah. God's revival, the Holy Spirit, around to me. And so, therefore, if I make intercession, I can I can maybe join other people. I would love to, people who have our, the same heart and mind, to pray and cry out to God. Uh, but up to this point in time, I think we have not seen it as a very urgent activity. We see, um, you know, going to the football game, we see this and that and everything else is much more urgent uh, than seeking God, reading the word. Um, and, and, and I really believe this is a place of great growth, too, where you seek the Lord uh, in your prayer time with the word, through the Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy on us. Show me what you want me to pray um, and realize mm-hmm. that God is good and that God wants to answer our prayers. So mm-hmm. it's been, you know, awesome for you to call in tonight, it's good to hear your voice again. And um, I'm, I don't know how long you've been listening, but tell your friends about us. And um, wow, you know, stay uh, stay warm up there in Brainerd. I hear the winter's going to be hard, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And um, check out if you haven't checked out um, uh, the the in the archive from two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Doug, the one with Doug Woodward on the blood moon, uh, and the blood moons, and he's talking not not as much about the blood moon so much as is about the kingdom of God. Yeah, and uh, that's that's more of the topic of his right. his uh, book there. So, well, I, I think it's so it's so it's so telling that even when God does these superb signs in the heavenly in the heavens, we still have a way of discounting it, writing it off. He's warning, but we're we're totally blowing it off. The the uh, oh, we're just alarmist. Oh, the sky's not falling. Oh, oh, and oh, it doesn't matter. And you know, well, if God is circling the date on the calendar, like I said earlier, I I need to pay attention. He's got something going on on that day, and mm-hmm. and uh, so it's exciting. I know we're probably very close to, if not in the tribulation. I don't know for sure, but I mean, we're like you said, we're yeah, we're right, at the door. I, we're and I think. More and more people might be waking up to that, so you will have more opportunities. I believe at some point in time, God is going to have the people who are, he wants to know this stuff. He's going to have them grab us by the shirt, by the arm, and say, tell me, what do you know? What's going on here? I remember yeah, when um, the, 
the night that the the towers night in uh, September 11th 911 we got home from work that night or it was dark we'd been at whatever we had neighbors coming from across the street grabbing us basically and saying what's happening is this the end of the world tell us what's going on and we told them about Jesus and they got saved both of them got saved got water baptized and I, as far as I know they're still serving the Lord but see, that was what I believe is going to happen again on a bigger scale because they're going to see the persecution. They're going to see uh, God giving us the grace that they also want to have. And uh, we just pray because there's many, many people yet, I believe, out there, Bob, who are not yet saved, not yet in the kingdom, um, and that need to be uh, tested. We, they need to see our witness. They they need to see the truth. And we pray that God will well, yeah, you know, in, in Revelation three. In Revelation 3, 9 here, it says, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. So what That's you just testimony cool. gave me a testimony yeah. about is similar yeah. to this. Yeah, well, they're going to see that God has loved us yeah. and protected us, and, and yet right. we do not want to crack underneath this constant warfare because we will be targeted by the enemy quite severely, I would imagine, because we're the ones who are the carriers of the truth. We're his. But you know, the here's here's the neatest enemy. thing about about uh, another neat thing about the Lord, and you know, only thing that pleases God is faith. So here we are walking in yeah. faith, and mm-hmm. well, here's here's a neat scripture in Psalms, um, mm-hmm. chapter five, verse twelve. It says, "For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous; you surround them with your favor as with a shield." Mm-hmm. So the righteous, which means right mm-hmm. standing with God or walking in yep. faith, we're surrounded mm-hmm. with a shield. What's Psalm? What was that again? Psalm. This is a beautiful scripture. Uh, Psalm 5, verse 12. 5, verse 12, okay. Yes, and we need that every day, don't we? Yeah. Also, Psalms 84, 11, and 12. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's great. Well, it's great promises. So, and these are the things I believe that the believers, we need to uh, hold up before the Lord and say, Lord, this is what your word says. You promise yeah. um, your favor surrounds the righteous like a shield. I need a shield. I need your protection right now. And I, I really believe this honors the Lord when we actually use his word to, to bring it back to him and say, Lord, here's what your word says. And we can't do that if we don't read it. Um, so underline your Bible in your Bible and write it down or put it on a little memory card and put it out. Oh, and... I, mine looks like a coloring book. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta tell you one, one thing. Just uh, uh, write. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to echo back what you just said. Take his word. I tell you what, Marjorie, I, a few years back, I, I was getting out of bed, uh, you know, listening to these lies of the enemy and whatever, you know, it just got me, and I, and I'm so glad it happened the way it did. I really look back now, and I say, you know what, I wouldn't change a thing, but I got up in the middle of the night crying on my knees, praying to God, finally got a word of God in the book of Psalms, oh God, David and his prayers, huh? And mm-hmm. I marked prayer, everywhere there's a prayer in the Bible, I marked it, and I'd pray it to God, and that's mm-hmm. what pulled me out of it. Praise that God. That pulled me out of it. You should write all those things down in a in a little document, a book of oh, some sort. Oh, believe sort of me, I have them down. You don't have to tell me to write nothing down. I got I got more ready. Okay, to... well, maybe you can share that. Yeah, it's something for somebody else. That that, that that's a powerful testimony that could be very helpful to yeah. a lot oh. of people. And the prayer here's the deal. The what's God, the prayer what's God saying in his word? For yeah. my word shall not turn to me void. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. When you pray God's word back to him, he's an obligation to answer that prayer. That's right. Yeah, that exactly. is right. Yeah. And that's an obligation. Job, that's right. And and the bo- oh. the bottom line is it's always been is um 
Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples mm-hmm. of all the nations. And uh, that that is our job. He said, occupy till I come. The word occupy in the King James there does not mean just sit around twiddling your thumbs, hanging out. Oh, Jesus, I'll wait for, I'm waiting for you to come. Yeah. It means do business. Yeah. Do business. Uh, make Transactions. deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do business till he comes. And our business is to reach reach people with the gospel. Well, of yeah, because it's like our business we is we are the ambassadors of heaven on earth, even though we've this is our domicile, our home is in heaven, and we are the ambassadors to do business for the King of Kings, and that is to bring people into the kingdom. And I heard a testimony recently in in the uh, of the country uh, in in the Middle East area where the Christians are undergoing horrible, horrible persecution. And uh, a, a testimony from from one of the uh, people there. He says, "You know what? We're we are being very very much persecuted." But he says, "You know what? We are sharing our faith in Christ every day. Wow. We're sharing it every day in the midst of all this. We are sharing our faith in and Christ and hope in God. Mm-hmm. And so that that is." That is that, that's what? our business. That's our business. Is well, that kind of reminds me of when all I, we can, while we can. That's really, you know, before we were talking about how that people are attributing all these bad things to God. And yet, when we withstand that temptation and endure and praise God and continue to believe in his goodness, that has to be a testimony to them that either we are totally mm-hmm. whacked out and crazy or they mm-hmm. have seen missed something that we seem to know about this God who we're not calling evil and bitter and mean because of what happened to us. Because if anybody should have a right to be mad at God, it would be, you'd think, the Christians who are being martyred and their families are being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And if they're the ones who are praising God, that's going to be a testimony to those who are uh, skeptical and bitter and, um, and, and calling God uh, unfair. Because our testimony then becomes the testimony to the goodness of God. Yeah, and I want to mention, too, uh, Margie, uh, you wrote uh, a little pamphlet that we've been using quite extensively. Uh, It's called, If God is So Good, Then Why? Mm -hmm. And uh, why don't you mention uh, just where listeners could get that? Oh, yeah, well, uh, we don't have that on our website, but we should, yeah. So if you want to go to our website and give us a call or send us an email and say, send hey, I'd like email. a copy of that, we can actually make that uh, very easily a document on there. Probably could even do it by tomorrow. Who knows? we got a million, million things to do tomorrow. But if God is so good, then why? How do, a little how do I get your email, Marjorie? Uh, well, I can give it to you right here. It's mcole, C-O-L-E, at liferecovery.com. And, Jerry, what's yours? It's, uh, well, you could just, uh, you could send it to uh, True Light Church, MN dot org. True T R U E L I G H T Church, uh, MN dot org. Yeah, and and so you know what we can. And if you go to the website there, liferecovery dot com, uh, we have a lot of things there for anybody who's interested. Um, uh, yes, and go, and if you want the tract, go to info at liferecovery dot com. I N F O. And does says she will have it on their ASAP, so you can download that for free and um, use it. And you know what? If some of you out there are writing tracks or like Bob writing little books on scriptures, Bob, I'd love to have a copy of that. If you have that in a, a kind of a uh, electronic Just, yeah. format, 
And we can surely put that on the web. Just, uh, we yeah, get our just tools. a paragraph of uh, yeah. the testimony of how that Happened. how that prayer just sure. brought you such well, freedom. Could, you know, you're welcome to do that because we could we can have a little testimony corner because I think we're going to have to use the Internet as much as possible to get the word out because obviously our days are limited. And the other thing for all of you listening out there who are listening live or to the archives, please pray for us. We have got so much stuff to do and so much information, and the devil tries to try to block it out, up and slow it down and whatever, whatever. But if just pray that God will give us a clear shot at this thing uh, to get some of this out, in, in, even on an international basis. So um, say, Bob, got anything else you want to say? This has been so fun. Uh, anything else well, you want to? I, I can just tell you that I went through that turmoil, you know, at home here. I I didn't have a fellowship. I wasn't. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't going to church. Now, don't knock me for that, please. But no, I have church every day at my house. I have church every morning with God. But you know, where two or three are gathered together, there yep. he is. And in, in, you know, uh-huh. so I was. I, I don't know what caused it. Sin, obviously. I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you it was this sin, that sin. It don't matter. But I was being attacked and and, and mm-hmm. everything, and it was just horrible for quite a while. And my wife helped me out through a lot of it, mm-hmm. and. Um, I didn't know who to turn to. Well, obviously I did, God. So mm-hmm. I got in the Word and I got in the Psalms and I noticed that David was praying these prayers, you know, about his enemies and stuff. And and I started praying them. And, and I noticed over time, it didn't happen overnight, but over time, and then God showed me as I was praying him, he says, Bob, my Word says it will not return to me void. When you pray these prayers and you use my Word to pray, mm-hmm. I am obligated to answer those prayers. I will answer those prayers. Keep praying. Praise and I did. God. And God brought me out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you're encouraging start, other people right now. Yeah. And I started getting up early at 3 in the morning. I'd get up and I'd pray for a nation, for my family, for people. And um, one day I said, Lord, I want to write for you. No, I've never written any before in my life. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know why I said it. I know why I said it. No, God wanted me to. Yeah. He wanted me to ask him that. I said, Lord, I wanted, I want to write for you. And he started to give me poems and uh, prophetic insights. And mm-hmm. I wrote them down, and I have a whole book full of them. Wow. And one of the poems he gave me was called Class is in Session. Uh-huh. Can I quote it real quick? Sure. Yeah. This poem is... Hello? a class we all get to take, hoping we learn from our many mistakes. With life's many challenges and decisions to make, you can bet there will be a test to take. It matters not whether you pass or fail. The question is, will you prevail? God gave us the answers. They're in his holy book. Maybe it's time to sit down and take another look. In the beginning, God gave man a test. And even though he failed, God's love still prevailed. He sent his only son to die on a cross who rose again in three days to redeem us back from that which was lost. So take a hold of the Master's hand and let him lead you as only he can, putting your trust in him, my friend, and never looking back and you'll win. So look at life right square in the face and say with God, I'll run this race. And in the end, you'll find your reward, a life of eternity with Jesus, our Lord. That's good. Oh, that's wonderful. That's good. Wonderful. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it. You're going to have a whole book of that's them. That's great. You're going to have a book that, of prayers that, and poems. That, that's great. That's good. I do. So, Bob, uh, this is an off-subject question, but how did you hear about Rescue Radio? Um, I was on your website, I think, and I seen it, and it's, down, it's oh. on my, yeah, I get your email, I guess. And I, was, okay. and I listened to it here a while back, and I was going to call in, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to call in. And tonight I'm listening to it, and I think, I told told my wife, I don't listen to it. She's talking about the end times, and I really like that stuff, you know, and, uh-huh. and so I was inspired to, to, to listen to it. And, awesome. and uh, you know, I'm just lately well, here in the last, few months, God is just really kind of nudging me. Bob, come on, get going. And you said that tonight, too. You said, don't look at your sin. Don't look at what you can't do. Look at what you can do and get out there and do it. Yeah, amen. Amen. That's and I met right. with a guy today yeah. and had a good time fellowship with him. A guy I went to graduate from school with and stuff, and I'm sharing some of my stuff with him, and Praise he God. loves it. And, you know, he's, it's just, it's just. That's it's what just, it's all about, guys. That is what you it is all about. Get out there and talk about Jesus. I mean, if you, and don't argue, I think just one more thing about this uh, end times, mm-hmm. pre-trib, post-trib, I, I don't want to argue about it. Yeah, it's it don't really matter. Not, you know, some people are, they're, they're absolutely for sure, they've got the scholarly, last minute, it's, oh, yeah. this is the way it's going to be. I, it's not worth dividing over. It's not, it's no. not the, the, the essential thing is to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is the Savior. And the rest of it is, you know, some people have a revelation of this and some of that. Um, but I think to be divisive about it only plays into the devil's hands. So um, exactly. we are, yeah. Well, listen, we're so glad that you called in tonight. And um, you uh, feel free to join us anytime and tell others about it and tell, keep people t- telling people about Jesus. And um, we pray that. You know, maybe your little church will turn into you and a few neighbors. Who knows? Maybe you'll just have your own little church um, at this point. <laughs> you know, I told God that, too. I said, you know, I don't know. I just don't fit in here. I don't fit in there. I, oh, he says, how did he say this to me one time? He says, um, <laughs> I don't fit in either. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, um, when you step out, I'll step in. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you know, the <laughs> thing is, yeah. And um, he doesn't fit into a lot of those churches either, so don't feel bad. You know, I mean, I, I seriously believe that if Paul himself or Jesus, but probably for sure Paul, would walk into the, the front door of the church some Sunday morning and ask to speak or have, you know, to share a testimony, he'd be ushered out of the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he would just not fit in, you know, and mm-hmm. he wouldn't probably sit there very long either before he stood up and had to protest something. He's just mm-hmm. not going to let that go by. But we're in a very awesome day. Uh, a day of great, you know, uh, opportunity for the Lord. There's never been a time yeah. like this before. The globe is shaking. The whole we are world really, really, is really, we are in the best of times. Even yeah. though it looks like the worst of times, we really, yeah. really are as a church, as a body, in the best of times. Uh, we're evil abounds, great abounds much yep. more. We both know that, uh, and that, yeah. you know, I'm seeing that. Yeah, and it, it's a time when we have we have no we have no other alternative but to put our faith in God now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's when everything's right. breaking right. down, yeah. you're either yeah. going to turn to God or away from Him. That's right. And you know what? I'm going to tell you one other thing that's just so exciting is that Jesus Christ is coming back. And all of the wonderful things He's promised and all of the evil, horrible, unjust, wicked things that have transpired on this earth will be brought to justice and mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. people will be blessed and rewarded. God's people will be fulfilled. 
and when mm-hmm. we see him, we'll be like him. So there is just absolutely nothing but good things to look forward to. And between now and then, we have this wonderful opportunity to just invest in the kingdom of God through our praise, through our prayer, through our uh, devotion to him, um, through knowing that he prevails. I mean, all the garbage out there that Satan has tried to do to derail the church of Jesus Christ and God himself is just going to blow up in his face in the, in mm-hmm. the battle of Armageddon, and if not sooner. So, um, you know, and there's a lot out there you can't do to stop it. It's going to, like, I, I, that's why I don't get too politically active about anything, because you know what? It's going to happen. And maybe that's not mm-hmm. for, maybe that's not the way some people look at it. Maybe they think I'm just a, you know, copping out, but I am doing my part. It's just on another part of the battlefield. But the thing is, mm-hmm. um, so I see a lot of these things as they're inevitable. So that's what I would say. What do you say, Jerry? That's it. Our business is to do his business. And um, as long as we have breath or till he comes, yeah. however that however mm-hmm. that works out. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Bob. And thank you uh, for. You're welcome. And I just like to say one last thing to the people listening. Uh-huh. Your breakthrough is on its way. Hey, thank you. I'll take that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I will Your definitely take that. <laughs> that's good. And, the and breakthrough that's a... is coming. It's on its way. I have a, I'll send this to you. It's called Breakthrough. Okay. The God gave me yeah, yeah you got our emails, and so you do that. And the rest of you listening, too, we'd love to hear from you um, in any way that you desire to co- communicate with us, whether it's going to our website or checking out the radio show or calling us on the show. Um, uh, do we have anything else? Anybody else we want to talk to tonight? Anybody else waiting to talk to us? I want to just say um, that I know there's Jerry's got something. Go ahead, dear. Yeah. Um, again, thanks, Bob, for for calling. Yeah. I want to share um, just as we wrap this up uh, in good order here. Um, in Luke chapter twenty-one, verses uh, twenty-five through twenty-eight. And, of course, Luke 21 and Matthew 24 are very much uh, parallel mm-hmm. as far as what's going on in the last days. Uh, Jesus uh, prophesying here. Um, Luke 21, 25, and there, shall be, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, in the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to happen, look up. This is a time, Marjorie, to, for look all up. of us to look up, mm-hmm. lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. And the difficulties that we're facing in our world right now are great opportunities. They're signs of the times. To speaking of, the kingdom of speaking God. of looking up, don't forget to look up tomorrow morning if you're in the Minnesota area about or check out NASA to see where you'll see the blood moon as it's moving across the sky. Um, it's about 4.30 to 5.30, I think, uh, here in uh, central Minnesota. Yeah, it might be a little bit longer than that, up to you know, yeah, right. six thirty. Yeah, right. But I mean, are. you know, it takes a while for that to move along. But uh, the sunset tonight was very red, so I'm wondering if the moon is going to be more red than it was last time in April. Yeah, we'll see. 
Uh, Revelation 22, verse 17, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. Let him who thirsts come. Whosoever, whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. And then uh, going down to uh, verse 20 and 21, He who testifies to these things you know, says, Surely I am coming quickly. Now, these things in the 22nd chapter of the Revelation, it's, it includes all the things in those mm-hmm. chapters mm-hmm. before. So much there. encourage you to ask the Lord to guide you and read this book of Revelation. Yeah. But he says, surely I am come quickly. Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And then verse 21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. That's a very good way to end the show tonight. So we encourage those of you who have been listening to join us next week and to invite your friends. We'll be talking more about these things in the coming days uh, with some exciting things. Um, And love to have you join us again. So, good night. Thank you so much for listening. God's best to you. Yes, protection and his love and peace. Amen. 